Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When I decided on starting my own podcast, I knew I wanted to give you guys a deeper look into my life uh, that you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. And while I am extremely nervous about opening up to you and being this vulnerable, because let's be honest, it's never easy to be vulnerable and we try to avoid at all costs. At least I know I do. But we're going to fight through that today. So as promised, here's some real and very raw content. Today's going to be very different because we're going to do this solo because this was something very you know, personal to me, and while I will love to talk about this story at a later date with somebody, um, I just, I wanted to do it by myself. So, here's a story about the time that I almost got married. This is On the Fence with Monica Oksanen. So I'm sure as you read the title of this episode, you're probably very confused because I keep my my private life off of social media. I know there are mixed feelings about keeping relationships private and everyone's typical reaction to that is because it's the other person wants to keep their options open. That's aside from the point today. Uh, I plan to dedicate an entire episode on, the, on that topic, so I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. I was not interested in keeping my options open. I was never unfaithful. Before you start judging me for this, at least wait for my episode where I explain my feelings and where I was coming from on that. And also, my ex understood this. We talked about it. He told me that he's completely fine with it. But back to the topic. I guess for you to understand the whole almost being married thing, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. You know, how did it start? What happened? Why Why did things not work out? So I have to go back and tell you the entire story before we can talk about how things ended up. So my ex-fiance and I, we actually met on Tinder. And, you know, Tinder is very different here in the United States where it's, it's become kind of more like a hookup culture where you swipe along and you find somebody that, you know, I mean, some people are just literally just message or like, hey, want to hook up. That's really not how it is in, in Europe because I, I've actually gone on a few Tinder dates in Europe where, or with Europeans maybe, not necessarily in Europe, because I did it in China once with this, uh, with this Austrian who was over there. I don't remember if he was for work or for school, but he was over there. We went on a date or, I don't know, a hangout where we just, like, walked around China. Um, we went on, like, the, this touristy street where you can eat scorpions, cockroaches, all that stuff. Kind of more, kind of similar to, uh, you know, the city where COVID started, but except it was a lot more tame. Uh, I did eat a fried scorpion that day. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. It's just salty, fried, and crispy. Just not good. Skip that. Eat some chips instead. So we, he and I, like, went out, and we went out for a drink, and that was it. Um, I believe we're still Facebook friends. I think he still follows me on Instagram. And then another time I did, I went on a date in, or date, again, hangout in Athens, Greece, where he, we were talking and then I said how I wanted to go to Poseidon's temple. And he said that he always enjoyed going there. And it was like an hour and a half long drive or two hours, whatever. And he's like, you know, this is crazy, but I would love to go back and like, let's go. Why not? So then I know that sounds very dangerous. This is a very Monica thing to do. I know you guys don't know me on a personal level, but we'll get into that. You'll, you'll understand more about the crazy things and ideas that I have. And just to, you know, I like to keep my, my family sitting on the edge of their seat with what I'm going to do. But we we exchanged information. I gave my my best friend all of his information. He gave his best friend all of my information just so in case somebody wants to kill somebody, we know how to find them. And we drove over there. We talked. It was great. Uh, I, I saw him 
I think I've seen him a second time, unless that was the same time. I don't know, whatever. It was nice. He was a, it was a great person. We still keep in touch. So anyway, so Tinder is a little bit different in Europe than it is in the United States. So I was actually over in Poland at the time for a training camp in this little town called Spawa, which is, I think it was like four or five hours away from Warsaw, if I remember correctly. And for that weekend, I went over to Warsaw to actually stay with my family because I have a whole bunch of family in Poland. The only people that I have here in America are my mom, my sister, and I believe my father is still in Pennsylvania, but we don't speak. Again, we'll do another episode on that. But we, I was in, I couldn't fall asleep, so I swiped along on, on Tinder. I woke up in the morning super early, and I had a match, and it was my ex. And we started messaging. Uh, we, we really got along, like the banter. It was easy to talk. His opening line was good morning or good night because he was coming back from a party. And yeah, things kind of just went off from there. Uh, we That was like on a Saturday morning. I he It was funny too because he, I guess, went through my Instagram and he saw that I was in Spawa. And funny enough, he was working with the men's volleyball national team at the time and they actually had a training camp in Spawa. So he saw that on my Instagram and he messaged me. He's like, wait, aren't you supposed to be in Spawa? I just remember being super confused. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, how did, and I didn't post anything. Like, I I typically post about where I am after the fact. So, you know, I don't get any creepy stalkers bombarding me. So, I, yeah, again, I was very confused. And then he, like, told me how, like, the volleyball team is there. I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Uh, and then we, that Monday night after practice, we we got to got together and we went and sat outside the little karchma drinking a beer. Uh, he actually came up wearing a entire sweatsuit, which is, I always tease him about that one. But yeah, it was a lovely time. We we had a great conversation. I, I we Neither of us wanted the evening to end, but it did because the following day, my team and I were driving over to Leipzig, Germany for world championships. So we kind of agreed that we were going to keep in touch or whatever. Like I was coming back to Poland after world championships. So I said something like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get together for a drink then. We kept texting. Uh, my team and I, we drove over to Germany whatever and then he actually came out and surprised me he drove over for that weekend he drove the five and a half hours from he had the weekend off and he drove over and he surprised me which was super sweet super romantic I remember texting my best friend and I said um I mean if this man wants to propose to me right now I'm down which haha how could I have known right crazy but yeah and then the following day we went over to Berlin together to do some sightseeing and you know you know, people say, like, when you know, you know, which at this point, I think that's a little BS because I went through it. We, It was great. Like, we never had awkward silence. Things never felt uncomfortable. It was just, just simple. It just seemed simple, and it flowed and all that stuff. So I really thought I had found my soulmate. But as a uh, spoiler alert, as we know, I did not. After World Champion, or he drove back after we spent that whole day together. He drove back to Poland. And then I, following day, I took a bus from, to, or no, a few days later, I took the bus from Germany to Poland to meet up with my best friend in a town called Katowice. He actually drove over that evening, I think it was like a three-hour drive, to sit with us for an hour and a half and then drove back. And then whatever, we flew to Italy for, her and I flew to Italy for vacation. And then he and I just had a conversation kind of of like, you know, where's this going? And I just kind of remember like, I don't know, I don't fall often, but when I fall, I fall pretty damn hard. And I wanted to prevent that from happening. And I talked to him, I was like, you know, like, where's this going? Like, is there a point for us to keep talking? Like, if this is going nowhere, like I'm leaving Europe in a week or two, why are we still doing this? And he kind of had the whole plan laid out for me. He was like, no, like I'll, in a year, I'll move to America. We'll figure things out. We'll stay in America for a little bit. You said you can see yourself living in Poland. 
So we'll live in America for a bit and then we'll come over to Poland. And, you know, in the meantime, like we'll do long distance. You're over in Europe a lot for World Cups. I'll come and visit you and it'll be fine. It'll it'll be great. It's like, oh, my God, like, okay, like this this does make sense. He sees a future. I see future. Let's do it. Like, I adore this man. And then I came back from Italy we spent the weekend in Poland. Kind of crazy because at this point, like, I I loved him. And we both said I love you to, to each other that weekend, which was, I think that's like two or three weeks of us knowing each other. And I, it's wild. It's, it's beyond me when I think back on it. It's hard to even believe that happened. But, yeah, and then I went back to the States and we, we, we spoke every single day. We FaceTime every day. But, you know... When I look back on things, I realized that there were several red flags that I it, that I had ignored, and had I not, I could have really spared myself some some time and heartbreak. Uh, I remember there being a fight about him not deleting the Tinder app because it come like somehow came up, and he was like, "It was just like an app, like like the train station app, you know." And I was like, "No, like Tinder's where we met, and that's how we started dating. So I don't understand why there's a problem over Tinder, and and that should have been a sign to me, you know, like that he's not ready to commit, which." You know, lo and behold, that came up. And then he also smoked. And he told me that he doesn't really smoke. And then when I found out that he does, like, actually, and he's a smoker, like, a few times a day, he talked to me about how he's going to quit. And he's like, no, I've been wanting to quit, and I'm going to quit. And that's, you know, I felt lied to. And that's a conversation that we ended up having again, when, like, after, like, six months of dating. Because I was like, you're, you're still smoking. You're not quitting. You literally lied to me. And then after that, he, he actually started working at quitting, and he... Whenever we would spend, whenever I would see him, he wasn't smoking. So that mean that was true. But anyways, as I mentioned, we did break up after I think like two or three months of dating. He randomly, it was shortly after the Tinder fight, from what I remember. But he he broke up with me. He randomly like he like didn't speak to me, and then he Facetimed me out of the blue, and then he gave me reasons for why we can't be together. And I was like, okay, like what are these reasons? And he was like, well, you use Instagram, and I think it's stupid, whatever. And I was like, okay, but we talked about Instagram like when we were in Germany together, and I told you I do it, and. I get why people don't like it, whatever, but that that's how I make my income. And he's like, you're right. And I was like, you didn't have a problem then. And he's like, okay, maybe fine. And then he said that I'm materialistic. And I know most of you guys don't know me on a personal level, but I would just like to explain the reaction that everybody gets when I, I tell them this. Everybody laughs. I would say I'm the least materialistic person that I know. However, at the time when we started dating, I had just done my commercial for number seven, which if you haven't seen that, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm biased, but it's one of the most incredible commercials I've ever seen. And I really, I really recommend it. And that was was the large sum of money that I've ever received in my life. And having that kind of money in my bank account after literally counting pennies, heading into Rio and having to fundraise was just crazy. It was beyond me. And I asked him if there was any like designer stores like Chanel or Prada, whatever, not to buy anything. But I was like, you know, I just want to walk around somewhere, somewhere expensive where I know that I could pick up any anything and just be able to buy it like it's, it's finally a feeling where I, I don't need to look at it at the price tag I can just pick it up and buy it and he read that as materialistic I also thought about buying Gucci sneakers for like a hot minute and I tried them on but I decided otherwise because you know what I don't need $300 sneakers I can do my superstars for half off on Black Friday for 50 bucks we're fine. And then he said another reason was distance. And I was like, okay, but you know, you were the one that told me that like this could work out. You had the plan. And now all of a sudden you're telling me that distance is like, is a problem. And then, you know, I, we, we talked through it. I calmly explained all of these things and you know, how long distance, yes, it isn't easy, but we have a plan. It's logical. You replied saying, yes, it's true. And then he said, but I've made my decision and I'm going to stick to it. I mean, how, how do you respond to that? I'm like, okay, so you've agreed that none of these reasons are legit reasons, but because you decided to do it, you're still going to make this decision. Okay. 
I'm, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and continue to argue and try to convince this person to be with me. So I said, okay, this is it. Goodbye. And that was it. Um, so we broke up for five weeks. I went on two dates actually with somebody after like, I don't know, towards the end of that whole five weeks. And yeah, that was, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, it was too soon to really say anything, but I, I, I like I said, I went on two dates with somebody else. But anyways, aside from that, to my surprise, two days before I flew to Poland from a trip that was originally booked for him, I was actually in Belgium flying over to Poland. And that originally, like I said, we, I bought this plane ticket later or after Belgium to fly to Poland to see him. But he reached out. Uh, I planned to follow through on the trip because my family lives there. And seeing as how I had a plane ticket booked, I thought, why not? I might as well make the most out of it. But he asked me to talk to him on the phone, during which he basically said that he freaked out when he realized that I'm the kind of girl that everyone wants to marry. And he wasn't expecting a serious relationship. So he panicked and ran, which makes sense. Because again, when I brought up Tinder, he he freaked out and like didn't understand why I would want him to delete it. It makes sense. He wasn't ready to commit. He wasn't ready for a serious relationship. But you know, it was, it was kind of nice to hear that he, that he saw me as a serious relationship. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, he insisted that he will that he was going to be at the airport and that he was going that he could drive me to the train station to see my grandparents if I didn't want to come stay with him. He followed through and he talked me into giving him another chance. Uh, that entire trip when I was there, I really there was one day that I packed up my things and I was ready to go leave to go to my grandparents just because it was scary. You know, this person broke my heart. He just dumped me out of the blue. It didn't make sense. Uh, this was a person I loved and it was scary. It was scary scary to be continuing that. But like I said, I loved him and I and again I kept hearing that voice of people being like when you know you know it'll be when you least expect it and that was literally it but this this whole thing turned out to be a pattern in our relationship and even and even better is the fact that I found out that this wasn't only this didn't only happen in our relationship but it also happened in previous relationship anyways I loved him and because it's in my nature to not give up on something simply because it's difficult and we've seen with the Olympics and all that other stuff I kept fighting for it it should also be mentioned that I do something similar when I realize that I'm in love with with someone except one single panic attack where I try to convince myself that I don't want to be with this person. The reason being, for those of you who are completely unaware, I guess I kind of mentioned earlier in the episode, um, I watched my mom go through two brutal divorces. I was like nine for the first one and I was 14 for the second one. I grew up seeing a lot of fighting and therefore I don't really have a lot of faith in marriages for myself. Why I bring up my panic attacks is because this was part of my thought process. I knew that this was something that I do and it was unfair of me to walk away way because somebody else was doing it. But as I said, this was a pattern throughout. It happened again after he ignored me for three days. He told me that he didn't love me anymore, and I asked him how that's possible if he told me three days ago that he loved me. He agreed that it didn't make sense. Uh, We met each other's friends and families. I grew very close with his. I still keep in touch with them. I began to love his family as if they were my own. Wow, I didn't think I'd start getting emotional so early into this episode. But hey, you know, uh, I feel like I need it for some healing to get off my chest, uh, and I'm sure... I don't know, like I said, I've always been real with you guys, and I think it's important for you to know that everybody goes through these kinds of things and heartbreak and all that stuff, so we're going to go through my pain together. He he met my family when he came to visit me. We went on vacations together, and then we had a conversation over a FaceTime call about our future. We had discussed how he would move to the States for a while, and it was a question of how. Sure, moving is one thing, but finding a job is another. Getting a USA visa is a ridiculous process, and there are many different routes to take. For couples, you could either do the fiancé visa, which I think is the K-1, or there's the marriage visa, which I don't know the name for. But we talked about how we saw this, and we both agreed that we could really see ourselves being together forever, and we wanted to and were ready to take the next step. So that same day, or the next day that we had this conversation, well, because I was actually in Poland when we decided to do the whole visa process, um, on my way to the airport, 
and or at my at the airport between flights, I had managed to you have to write out this whole letter of you know, of like how, how you met and how why you want to be with this person and how you intend to get married and whatever. I managed to write this whole letter before I even flew out of, out of back into the United States. But when we started filling out this whole visa stuff and getting everything together, even though there's no proposal, this is about when things start start to crumble. He wasn't very helpful with the forms, which led me to be very frustrated as I wanted to submit everything as soon as possible. Which let me tell you, there are so many things that need to be done. Photos of you together, plane tickets, hotel receipts, a 10-page form, letters from friends and family about their interaction with you as a couple. And then that statement, like I said, my letter that I had written out and a statement from both of you guys that you two are in fact a couple and you both need to write that. He, he took three months to write his and I asked about it a few times and he always said, oh, I haven't done it yet. And that was just upsetting because it, was just, it should have been the most simple part. But I grew more and more upsetting each day until we saw each other again, and he proposed in Amsterdam. The story of that is kind of in summary, It his plan failed, because I'm sure there would have been questions of how he did it. And it was in Amsterdam. He His friend lived there. He planned for this whole thing. A lot of p- parts of it just kind of fell apart. It was supposed to be done in Vondel Park at nighttime. On his, like, his friend brought us on his pedicab around the city. There was a charcuterie board. There was wines, which are some of my favorite things. But his friend never got the message to to go away and leave us alone. So that didn't happen. And it ended up happening on the night before we both left Amsterdam. He proposed in our hotel room, which, I don't know, it was like the most his version or the most way of him doing things as I could have ever described to you. But that's the story on that. But after that, I I saw everything completely differently. As I learned, 20% of engaged couples break up. I wouldn't have understood it had I not experienced all of this myself. You start to look at everything so much more seriously. Their flaws. Can you live with them? Can you really see yourself raising a child with them? Do you guys even do you even want a child? Do you guys communicate well enough? And while some of the answers were yes, the bigger ones were no. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an incredible person, but just has baggage. And I mean, we all do. I can't stress this enough. You're going to hear this almost probably on every episode, and I think if we have already discussed it a few times, I think everyone should have a therapist. And I think if somebody is saying that, no, they don't need a therapist, I think that's when they need the therapist the most. I think truly we, we would still be together had he not been so against it. Well, I don't know, hard to say, but there'd be a chance. He had this awful tendency to the most, say the most hurtful things whenever he was in a bad mood. The example that sticks out the most is the time that he texted me if, we, if I could FaceTime with him to cheer him up. So I tried to make jokes to make him laugh, the way he always did to me. He then stops me and says, you know what? Looking at your face pisses me off more. I'm gonna go. It felt as if he slapped me in the face. Hell, I have tears in my eyes just thinking back on this. This wasn't just happening to me, but to his family as well. When I brought it up during his good days, he wanted to work on it and change. And on the bad mood days, he would tell me this is how he is. He also had expectations on what your reaction should be to a situation. And if that wasn't what happened, he would write you off. Also not ideal. This on top of the fact that he had an extremely difficult time talking about his feelings. While in a long distance relationship, things just started to fall apart. I brought up that I wasn't happy for the past few months. He then all of a sudden started doing all the things that I've been asking, communicating for the entire duration of our relationship which in hindsight, I maybe should have just appreciated, but instead it just hurt me that he hadn't cared to try before. And when I asked him, why didn't you do this before? His answer was, I honestly don't know. And I and I tried. I tried to just say, okay, it's finally happening now. But every time he did it, it just hurt more of, I've been asking this man, communicating my, my needs, and he couldn't do it then. But now when I say, I have to walk away, all of a sudden he's fully capable. It sucked. So we broke up. 
in a super drawn out way. And then we actually tried getting back together. And while things were actually better than ever, they still didn't work out. He did his usual thing of pushing me away and I had enough and I didn't do my typical talking him off the ledge. In one of our last conversations, he admitted that he definitely did have a hard time letting people in. Uh, in that last conversation that we that we had before we broke up, he, he kind of told me about something um, when we had gone back together that happened. And in our last conversation that we had when while we were together, well, before that he t- kind of told me about something really personal and um, I'm, I'm definitely not gonna bring that up because that's, that's, that's his thing. Um, I am actually really nervous that he's gonna listen to this episode because that's tough. Um, even though, I don't know, I mean, I don't see him in a bad light and I wish him the best. Whew, sorry, I didn't think I'd get this emotional still. But he he told me something super personal and when he did, I didn't know how to react and I, I didn't know how to bring it back up. I didn't think it was my place to bring it back up. I thought it was something that he, he should bring up when he was ready to talk about. And he called me up and I, I saw in his face that we were about to fight and he was in a bad mood. And uh, sure enough, he brought it up and he's like, how could you have never brought this up to me? Like up again like I told you this big thing like you should talk to me about it and I was like yeah but this is your thing like I don't know how to start this conversation and he's like well I don't know either and I was like okay but you you like you should bring it up when you're ready and he's like well how do you expect me to bring it up to you if I can't if I can't deal with it myself and I was like was in mid-sentence and you just hung up on me and I I tried to I texted him about it but he ignored me and then for a month it was silence I refused I, I refused to to reach out to him to ask him or whatever and after a month he messaged me to talk and he was like you know this is how that's, this isn't how a relationship should, should be and I was like you're right we haven't been in one and that's kind of how it ended but you know in one of our last conversations he admitted that he definitely had a hard time letting people in regardless me being who I am I still continued feeling disappointed in myself for letting it fail and you know I did the typical thing of of going through every single sentence every single word everything every single action and trying to find my mistakes of where it all went wrong but now after having a hard time having time to really reflect sure I definitely made some mistakes and certainly have been working on those things but I just know that no matter what things would have never worked out with me just wanting and willing to put in the work initially when I had the idea of sharing this on my podcast I didn't really have a reason for it aside for sharing everything with you on here but as I sat down to record this twice and then the third time I recorded it and auto stepped on my computer and erased it so we're on attempt number four Ultimately, I had to give myself some bullet points to follow. I realized that this does serve a purpose. You can love someone with everything in you, but that doesn't mean that you have to be with them. It might just ultimately not be good for you to be with them, so it might be better to love them from a distance. I think I wanted to ignore any of the red flags because the relationship prior to this one, well, I plan on having an entire episode about it, but in summary, he was cheating on me, which seems to be my the trend in my life, uh, for more than half a relationship. But that's going to be a different episode, Uh, which, like I said, I plan to unpack all of that another time. But after being treated so poorly, you find someone that is giving you that love, attention, and they're trustworthy. You think, wow, I went through all of this pain and heartbreak. And then they always say they always have the shittiest relationship right before you find the love of your life. So I grasped onto that idea. I think also what really kept me in it for so long, and I still think about it to this day, is what I've mentioned. People always say that you find your person when you least expect it, when you're not even looking for it. And I 100% was not looking for it. This was five months after the end of that horrible relationship that I mentioned. I was in Poland a week prior to World Championship. I most certainly was not looking for a boyfriend. The only reason I was swiping on Tinder was out of boredom. And it just seemed like the beginning of this beautiful love story. The man drove six hours to surprise me. So I started to believe that this was my soulmate, the man of my dreams. And I think this is what kept me going for so long. 
and it made me overlook all of those other things because I just kept repeating, no, no, this is my soulmate. I need to work through this. When we were breaking up, it was super drawn out because after me having a conversation about how I'm not happy anymore and I haven't been, and he did start making those changes, like I said, but I had already been checked out. Most women emotionally check out of a relationship before they end things and they start distancing themselves and start to accept that, that it's over. And at the time, at that time, I was ashamed of myself that this was falling apart. I felt like it was all my fault. I was blaming myself for it all. I felt like a complete loser, an absolute failure. I didn't tell anybody about it. And this is honestly what seems to be the norm for people dealing with this. And I say that because I recently spoke to a friend who went through a divorce with his wife after seven or eight years of being together. He said that he also didn't tell anybody and he felt the same way of like a, of a loser, a disgrace. Uh, my sister would ask about things. And I, I mean, I don't remember my exact responses, but something along the lines of, yeah, he's good. I didn't mention anything to my mom. Meanwhile, prior to all of this, I would talk about him basically every day. So it was a really tough time. I definitely felt super alone. Like I said, ashamed, like a failure. All the while, it was Olympic qualifying season. And here I'm supposed to be mentally, physically, emotionally sound. And I, I was definitely, I definitely was not. I instead was li- literally broken, shattered, and in shambles. So, you know, they have that saying of, you don't know what somebody's going through, so it's hard to judge them, right? You don't know what your favorite athletes are going through. We we don't talk about it. We keep our personal lives personal. And I think it's kind of starting to be a more often thing, a more common thing than it used to be because of social media. People assume things. They look into things so much more. I mean, even on social media, you lose followers for posting. I've Whenever I posted a significant other... I would lose followers. And I share so much with you guys. I've always wanted to, I, I know, I like that. Really, aside from that, relationships are difficult on their own. And when you're adding additional element of, like I said, social media, we talked about it of like, what, you know, what if I post him and somebody starts messaging him and telling him that I'm cheating on him when it's not true? He's like, you know, people might want to be breaking us up. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is better that we keep things private. So, so we did. And yeah. And the time afterwards was super duper strange because, you know, I continued thinking about it of, did I make the, did I make the right choice? Can this be saved? Is this something that I did wrong? Was I in the wrong? Was he doing everything right? And I wanted too much. Like I said, you go through these things where you just over, over analyze every single thing you've done and whether you're making a mistake because again you did see a life with this person you i mean i had a i had a, like a we were going to do the court wedding and i i have that dress that i bought for this thing which is just mind-boggling but i remember and i struggled with it a lot like for a long time and I remember having a conversation with one of my friends sitting at a coffee shop in, in New York, and we were kind of talking about, like, how he broke up with this serious girlfriend. And then I told him this story, and he was like, well, I don't remember exact words, but they were, like, along the lines of, like, well, why do you want to be with him, or why were you with him? I think maybe I still was with him, but I was contemplating ending things. Something like that. I don't remember the details. It's all, all a blur. But I remember having to take some time to answer the question and then I I gave him some answer again I don't remember what that exact answer was but he looked at me and he's like well first of all you struggle to answer this question and secondly 
that's the reason why you want to marry a person and be with them forever? Are you sure about that? Maybe maybe reevaluate things. And and that was a difficult moment because I literally was like, yeah, why am I with him? And like I said, don't get me wrong. He's an incredible human. We had some incredible memories. I'm I'm so grateful for the times, even though the aftermath was really painful and was really brutal. And like while it was falling apart, it was some of the some of the darkest times in my life. Yeah, you know, like I said, just because you love somebody doesn't mean that you should be together. You you're meant to grow together and it's life isn't about staying stagnant it's about growing it's about improving the world around you changes you mature you see things in a different way and and your partner should also be growing and if they want to stay the same way and they don't see you know we can all nobody's perfect we can all improve and that's just kind of always been my thing and he and we had a few fights about that like he kept saying how he wants to to go to the gym and start working out. And then I would try to motivate him. And I'd be like, well, you you said you wanted to go to the gym. Like, let's go to the gym. And he'd be like, what? What? Now you're calling me fat? And I was like, no, like, <laughs> I'm trying to support you. That's what you, that's, you told me you wanted to do this. I'm trying to be here for you. And then he'd be like, well, you know, I'm just saying that. And I would just never wrap my mind around that because I'm constantly trying to improve. And to the point of, like, I'm literally never satisfied with myself and with what I'm doing because I could be better. I could be doing more. I could be going above and beyond and I'm just constantly looking for ways to improve myself and like I look at my friends where my best friend has always been so much better than me I don't even know how to explain it but like she she always says like thank you for being my my best friend whatever and I'm always like no thank you like you've taught me so much so yeah I'm just constantly looking for ways to improve myself and I and if somebody around me wants to improve I will help them and that's what I tried to do and that would turn into a fight and I see a lot of differences in my my dating or approach, style. I don't really know how to explain it. Ever since, you know, I was engaged, where I just look at things so differently. Like, I, I don't know. I used to just, I used to go on dates and while if somebody was fun or whatever, I would, I would go on those dates. But now it's just kind of like I think about it of, if this person were to never, if I was never to see this person again, would I be really upset about it? And I don't know if that's really a healthy way to look at things, but I just can't really seem to to change that approach. I don't know. It's just being engaged and probably I'm probably marrying as being married is is similar, maybe even more so. But it you just you just end up having a different aspect because again, like. You think of this as this thing where you can't imagine life without another person and and you have that feeling and then that person leaves or whatever you part ways and now it's kind of like, well, I already thought I found this person. So now what? Will I will I find somebody that I have that same feeling with? I don't know. It it just it's definitely left me jaded feeling jaded and just feeling really cynical about the whole thing. So I'm curious to see if anybody else has gone through similar thing and and if it's a similar response and reaction to the whole thing. 
but unfortunately, you know, it's, it's for a partnership, you need two people working you and you need two people willing to work, I guess, you know, on the relationship and work on themselves and just put work every day. So I, I know when I was younger, I thought relationships were this thing that's easy and it's supposed to be easy. And I mean, of course you want it to be easy, but it's not going to be easy. There's so many issues you know, in the outside world and situations that you have to deal with, like a family death, like my, my grandpa passed away during, during Corona, during COVID and the lockdown. And I couldn't fly to Poland to go see, you know, for the funeral and see my grandma. And, you know, like dealing with somebody mourning is is difficult. Dealing with somebody with depression is difficult. So you're not gonna, it's relation, relationships just aren't easy. And we, we kind of seem to think that they are, but they take work, they take communication. I think I've said my piece. I think I've I've given you the importance of why I'm sharing this with you. Um, if you've gone through this, you weren't alone. If you're going through this, I've done it. I'm here for you, but you're not a failure. Relationships don't work out. And a, a regular breakup isn't any different than a breakup from an engagement. So don't be ashamed. It's, it's better things end this way than they end down the line where you're married and you have to separate your assets and your finances and all that stuff. So yeah, and... I don't know, as I've learned for myself, don't ignore the red flags. People reveal their true color and we seem to want to see the best in people and we ignore them, but people people let you know who they are. So I hope this helped. I hope me sharing and I guess crying for the first time on this podcast brings you some kind of peace. I know it brought me some peace. I've, I felt better even after the first time talking about this. So It takes you choosing that person day in and day out, you know, working on things where somebody has different needs and it's whether or not you can kind of, you know, help them out. You know, maybe you're not a person that does use does that uses words to communicate. Maybe you use touch or gifts, but because you need you know this person needs it and like saying an extra I love you or an extra I appreciate you, which are I feel like I feel like I appreciate appreciate you is one of the like most underused phrases. I've started saying that to my friends and my family more often, and I feel like the amount of joy and appreciation they feel when you tell them that, seriously, try it out, tell people you appreciate them, um, you're proud of them, and I'm sure you're going to make their day. And ultimately, I mean, it's just going to solidify whatever relationship that you're doing this in. So that's kind of just my little... uh, you know, my little tip of the day for you. But yeah, that's kind of how my my engagement story began and, and how it ended. We're not really on good terms. And I mean, in general, even like being, I mean, you guys have, have heard me breaking down. I think, I think you can tell it in my voice. I mean, I have tears in my eyes right now. It's, it's difficult to be, to be vulnerable and to talk about things like that. And, you know, especially when there's, th- there's things that just no matter, you know, what, no matter what, it, like it, it doesn't even matter what what I would do because it's not up to me. So I just want to thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed. Thank those of you that have been sharing and rating the podcast on iHeart. I really appreciate it. And hopefully me sharing my story helps you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E 
AV on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.